goal of this podcast is to help you break into advertising. And we want to help those who are in it already thrive. So we do that by sharing the stories and advice of those doing extraordinary things. This week, we have our first repeat guest. A role model of mine since I learned about the industry. You will hear and learn from Natalie Kim. She was on episode number 23 over 100 weeks ago and 100 episodes ago, which is crazy to think about. Uh, That discussion was all about her resource, We Are Next. Today, we discuss her new role as the Associate Program Director of Learning and Development at Critical Mass. Natalie Kim leads all of the agency's emerging talent initiatives. She is also the founder of We Are Next, an open resource for students and junior talent pursuing advertising and marketing. Previously, she was the director of strategy at Firstborn in New York City and partnered with clients like L'Oreal, HBO, and ANA. She's been recognized as an Ad Week and Ad Color champion, an AAF Mosaic Award winner, and on Forbes 30 Under 40 list for marketing and advertising. In short, she is an icon in advertising and for those looking to break in and thrive in this creative industry. You can connect with her and see her recommended resources by heading to our Instagram at Breaking and Entering Pod, all one word at Breaking and Entering Pod. Now on with the show. This is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. And as usual, I'm your accomplice, Gino Schellenberger. Kick it, Mikey. Welcome back, Natalie Kim, to the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast, perhaps the first recurring guest ever on this show. So some stuff has had to change, some interesting things in your life. So welcome back. How are you doing? I'm doing so well. What an honor to be like a first repeat guest. I didn't know that's really special. So thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to catch up with you. Yes, it's been a while. It's been weeks and months and maybe even a year. I'm not sure. But I remember last time we talked about We Are Next, which is your resource, your business. You're an expert in, and most people know you by now, identifying junior talent, helping them break into advertising. So today, though, Natalie, you also now have a new role, a relatively new role as an associate program director of learning and development at critical mass. So that's what we're here to talk about. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about both. Exactly, exactly. So you started around three months ago, but what else besides career? Anything else new in your life that's super important to you happened? Yeah, I I was trying to think back to the last time we talked and if I had a child, I must have had one of my babies since like we talked, but over the last like four or five years, basically over the course of the pandemic, I had two children. So I have a two-year-old and an eight-month-old. And so working on We Are Next for the past five years was really great because I did have that flexibility to also be a mom, be able to make my own hours and be able to be at home with the babies. So yes, the decision to go 
back to work has been a really interesting and also really healthy one for me. I love that. I love that. So I want to dive into the state of We Are Next. And maybe for those who don't know what We Are Next is, like talk about that maybe in more detail and the state of it. And then obviously about this new role, which ties it in really nicely with your career background and everything you've kind of been doing. Like your purpose is to help like teach and develop junior talent. So that's what you're doing at your new role. So where do you want to start with this? It's up to you. I'm happy to, yeah, provide a little context about We Are Next just in case anyone doesn't know what it is. And I don't blame anyone currently because we have been pretty quiet and I'm happy to give an update too as to what's been going on behind the scenes for We Are Next. So We Are Next was started over five years ago. It's a resource for students and junior talent who are starting their careers in advertising and marketing specifically. And so it's a platform that has lots of different arms, but we basically gather advice and insight from all over the industry and we package it up in different forms of content and make it really accessible to students in junior talent who are just starting out and really wanted to create a a platform for everyone, no matter where you went to school, what kind of role you were looking to step into, what you qualified for, et cetera, to kind of lower the barrier to entry to that kind of career guidance early on in your career. So we we have a podcast, we have a weekly email, we used to do a lot of events, both in person and virtual, in person is a thing, workshops, I used to work a lot like within agencies, like helping them with their internship programs, or their mentorship programs. So we had a job board. So yeah, there are a lot of different and very well loved resources that were developed over the last five years, we up an amazing community as well. And the current state of where next. So Quite honestly, during the pandemic, and again, I hate to center things on like the pandemic, but really when a lot of the in-person industry events went away, when I started losing those touch points that I really did love through working on We Are Next, like going to schools to speak or speaking at industry conferences or going into agencies to consult, like when those went away, it made my job with We Are Next so much harder. And I started to feel really burnt out on working on it, quite frankly. And I've had like help along the way, but really it's been mostly an effort and of like a team of one, me. And I started to feel like when you work for yourself and when you are creating your own thing, you learn a lot by just doing, which is great. But I felt like I wasn't learning from anyone. And you, I was missing that being part of a team aspect that I used to have, like when I worked agency side and yeah, yeah, I just felt like I wasn't learning enough after like five years of doing it. And that with the burnout made me start to think, okay, like, where do I want to take my career next? What do I want to do? And what would it look like if I did go back to work at an agency? What, tell me more about this burnout that you were feeling. Where do, how, where do you think this stem from? Cause burnout to me, is like, okay, I'm working 80 hours, 60, 70, 80 hours a week. But if you're working for yourself, can't you like, like dial it back? You have that flexibility. So tell me Mm -hmm. like about that burnout specifically in your, in this instance. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, it wasn't a matter of working, being so busy and working so many hours to Mm -hmm. your point. It was more, I was swirling around kind of the same issues or challenges, let's say when it came to, we are next. 
some of the challenges of running it as a business. I think there were always the pressure to keep it afloat as a business sometimes start to get in the way of like my enjoyment of just creating the content and the purpose. Yeah. And like, I mean, I've talked about this before on like other platforms and stuff, but if I had a partner who had more of like a business development mindset that could think about those things that like, I didn't want to spend my time thinking of, but because I was a team of mine, one, I just felt like I was swirling around these problems that I felt didn't feel equipped to solve. And that's really where the feeling of burnout, I think started to come from. And it just, it manifested as like me, just like avoiding doing the work that I needed to do. Yeah. Um, and it just became harder and harder to like get the things done that I needed to do because our content calendar was pretty robust with like a weekly email every week, a podcast episode every couple of weeks. Like we we're trying to, I was trying to pump out like a lot of content. And when you start to like lose your motivation behind or feel like burnt out against just like thinking about the same thing over and over again, you just, and you don't have that fuel of like in person seeing the effect of what you're doing or the impact of what you're doing. That really, I think, it started to yeah. weigh on me and start to get in the way of like actually getting things done. Yeah, I hear you for sure. And I think I understand pretty, not as as well, but to the, pretty closely with this a lot smaller. But my, like I started, I entered college in 2016, right around when you started We Are Next. And I always remember you guys being a resource, you being a resource and We Are Next being a resource that I have still bookmarked to this day is my first bookmark and it's on like, it's here. So, and like seeing you come to U of I and hearing that you were here, like that was so exciting and checking the, the internship calendar religiously. And then it wasn't just me. It was like our advertising group at U of I that would always have that open and like applying for it. I'm like, what'd you apply for? Oh, we all just went through every internship at We Are Next and applied to everyone. <laughs> and I told you in the last episode, maybe now that I'm remembering this, I almost got a, a little upset at We Are Next because my sophomore year, it I don't know if it just didn't blow up just quite as yet as big. But I remember my sophomore year, I, had a, I got an internship fairly early at a pretty good agency and I was like all pumped but then my junior year when we were next got even more popular there was like so much more competition for all these internships and it was like a lot harder for me my junior year summer so <laughs> I was a little mad I was like oh these everybody knows what we are next now all the internships are are saturated so it was a good problem for sure yeah no that I mean thank you for sharing that I always love hearing stories about the impact that We Are Next has had on individual people's career, yeah. whether it was just guidance or that they found an internship or first job on our job board. Like all that stuff is really meaningful to me and I don't take it lightly. And the fact that we haven't been as active, really, it's it really like all the activity really kind of came to a halt when I had my, a little bit before I had my son who was born at the end of last year. And so this, this whole year has been pretty quiet on the We're Next front. And I personally feel really bad about that just for the class of 2022. Like I realized We're Next wasn't there in the way that it was there for you. Like when you graduate, mm -hmm. you're going through school. So like, yeah, I... I'll I don't think it's a reason to feel bad though. I mean, you're, you're not like 
it shouldn't be your responsibility to educate the whole future of advertising. Like that's the great goal and vision to have like for the organization, but that doesn't just fall on your shoulders. I mean, there's so many issues within our industry of barriers to entry that you work so hard and you have knocked down a lot of those with this as a resource, but it does, it, you're not the, it shouldn't be that stress on you to fix everything that's wrong with advertising. No, I understand. I understand. So, I mean, I am hopeful that we can find a way to start up like our content engine again and be more active. I mean, certainly the website still exists and the website is a really great resource. Like there's a ton Mm. of content that just like exists there. Like all almost all our past. Yeah, thank you. It's like all our past emails on like a ton of different topics about applying and interviewing and all that stuff like it's all there and ready for yeah, it's still a database so and you have the yeah, index on there we have the index on there they're all the podcast episodes are still like i still pay for the hosting so they're still out there and and so people can listen to like our host past episode libsyn okay that's just podcast talk everybody can yeah <laughs> so yeah they're the it it, it has a presence online. Again, there is a lot of love in the industry for We Are Next, both from the people who have benefited from it starting their careers, who are yeah. now, which is interesting, like people like you and others who, when We Are Next first started, are now like getting like senior level roles and advancing in that part of their career. And it's like really cool to see people that I knew when I was, when they were students or just starting out and to see that career tra- trajectory has been really cool. But yeah, anyways, to, long story short, like it still exists. It, I'm really hopeful that we can get things started up again as I adjust to this full-time role that I'm yeah. doing now. So, yeah, you're in a transition period for sure. Yes. And, and you have two children. It, it makes sense that take some time. And I'm confident that whatever you do on a comeback, when it does come back, it'll be great and people will, will love it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Love it. So that's what's the URL for that? We are next.com. It's we dash r dash next.com. Love that site. It brings back a lot of good memories, I, I think. And I get it. Like nobody tells you about like it's hard like with this virtual world where you don't get like face to face feedback. I do have a lot of good memories of like even though it was like stressful times as a student, like looking for internships and looking for jobs. I do have like, I remember like being in the, like my undergraduate library or like with some friends and we're just scrolling through this together. It was a big deal when breaking and entering got on the index. And I, it's just, it's been a while. I don't have to use it as much because I'm in, but I just love, I just, it brings back good memories. So I'll leave it at that. I appreciate that. Cool. All right. Tell us about your new role now. Vision here, critical mass. Actually, before, Tell us about Critical Mass first, just in general. What is this place? So Critical Mass, it's a digital marketing and design experience agency. It was started in 96 out of Canada, but now has 11 offices worldwide. So I joined a couple months ago, and one of Critical Mass's goals this year is to become one of the best places to work to provide the best work environment for its employees. And it's been recognized on AdAge's best places to work last year in 2021, which is awesome. And outside of that, some of the clients that Critical Mass works with all over, BMW, 
Nissan, a lot of great car work coming out of the agency, but also Nike, Apple, Airbnb. So there's some really amazing stuff that's going on within the walls of the agency that's getting out in the world. And yeah, I focus on the amazing things that happen inside the walls of the agency through our talent team. I was brought on as an associate program director on the learning and development team, specifically to oversee the Trailhead program. So Trailhead is Critical Mass's new program for emerging talent. It's a huge investment that they've made to support and develop kind of the next generation of the agency. They were investing like $25 million over the next five years towards this program. So it's not only like a huge tangible like financial investment, but really from the CEO and the leadership level all the way down, there's a ton of support and love for this program and which was a huge factor in me deciding to come on board at critical mass when I was kind of looking at where should I land or where would I land when I go back to the agency world. I know there's a ton of agencies out there that um, like need someone to think about junior talent development and are is are in need of someone to help with junior talent retention and all that stuff. There's a ton of agencies that you could find out there that do need that role. There are very few that are actually putting money towards that need, if that makes sense. So even though they say like, oh yeah, we support junior talent, I wanted to find a place that had demonstrated tangible support so that I could step into a role knowing that I wasn't going to be like pushing a boulder uphill and being like, hey, we need budget to do this thing and, and getting no's across the board. So that was really important to me. And yeah, it's been great because I'm able to bring kind of the learnings from We Are Next and having interfaced with so much junior talent over the past five years, combined with a little bit of my strategy background too, to, to help develop and blow out this program. Gotcha. So what's the vision with the program? Yeah. So it's really a mindset shift in the way I like to describe it. So in the past, or typically when agencies hire junior talent, they hire like one, one associate designer here or one project coordinator here as needed by the team across the year. Right. Um, that person gets brought on individually and their onboarding and that experience of them joining is really left to kind of their direct manager a lot of times. And so it varies like what the quality of that experience is. With yeah. Trailhead, we are shifting to a model where we are bringing in cohorts of junior talent and all at once so that they have like a built-in community and we're building a lot of onboard onboarding training, like extra support for them in their first few months at critical mass so that we're making sure that they feel integrated. They feel like they belong. They feel competent as they start out and they know kind of what's what. And then they just like, they feel supported. And the beautiful thing about Trailhead is that we talk about it as an investment in inexperience. So because we are putting so much support underneath someone who's starting, like a member, a, a trailheader, we call them, because we're putting so much support under the trailheaders, we are able to um, hire on potential and find talent that maybe didn't go to school for advertising and marketing, that maybe is historically underrepresented, maybe are changing careers even, maybe they have a couple years experience in a different industry and they're wanting to make a shift. So 
it's really allowing us to to tap into talent that might have been previously overlooked. Again, because we're not expecting them to come in the door knowing 100% what to do. And we want to create like a really safe place for them to make mistakes, to take risks, to grow, and hopefully develop their career at critical mass. And the program has two sides of it, actually. So there's the summer internship side, which is the student internship program, which is for second and third year students. So unlike a lot of other internship programs, like a lot of internship programs, they'll take new grads who are looking to convert to a full-time role. We want to make our student internship program like a true learning experience without the pressure of like needing to get hired at the end of it. The other side of the program is our junior talent development side. And so we're hiring people to like new grads to entry-level roles. It's not an internship. It's not a contract role. It's not a trial period. Like we're making that investment by saying like, come, you have a permanent place here and we're putting all the support behind you. And that does, when does it, when does that start? So we have our first, we had our first full cohort this summer. So we have about 33 interns and about 75 junior talent hires who have all started this summer. So if you can just imagine or wrap your head around like 70 plus junior talent hires all starting at once and like having that community built in and all like the workshops and trainings that we've set up for them, it's been really cool to see it unfold. Our next cohort is going to be in winter 2023. So we'll have a smaller junior talent cohort starting in mid-January. And then we'll have another summer cohort next year and probably a fall cohort. So there'll most likely be three cohorts per year moving forward. Oh my goodness. You have your work cut out for you. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's been really cool because I came into the, I came into the program when I started at Critical Mass, the program um, had already kicked off. They had already hired everyone. They had and they'd already started. So all the trailheaders had pretty much started when I joined. So coming in midstream has been really interesting to kind of see the program unfold as it was set up. And a lot of my job to date has been helping to make the experience as good as possible this round, but also collecting a lot of feedback directly from trailheaders and from other people in within critical mass to smooth out any challenges or hiccups for the next cohort and to continue to improve the program moving forward. So it's been a nice like balance of like interacting with the trailheaders and kind of being their point person day to day currently and then looking ahead mm. at, at the next one. What do you think is like some of the best benefits of the, of this program that that you're really proud of? There are a few. So We've created about four weeks of onboarding and training content for the trailheaders. We created these global discipline 101s that are like really great overviews of each discipline to give the tra- each trailheader context to their own team and their role within the agency. So like this is the discipline, this is how they function, how they're structured, the programs and tools that they use, how they work with other teams, just so that they can see the full CM picture and like how everything fits together. There, another thing that we're really proud of are is the resources that we have given them access to. So one example, 
our permanent hires, so our junior talent trailheaders who are like brought on full time, they get access to an app called Bravely. And Bravely is, provides career coaching, confidential one-on-one career coaching sessions that they can book on their own time. Like I said, it's completely confidential. So CM doesn't know who booked, if they didn't book, how often they book, what they talk about. It's like a third-party career coaching service that helps support and enhance the guidance that they're getting from their manager, from us on the L&D team, from the rest of like internal critical mass. But I think about like, I think there's some stat out there that like only 3% of people like employees ever get access to career coaching and to get access to it so early in your career, I think is like really powerful. Is this through like a neutral third party? So it's just like, yes. So it's not like, like from nobody from the organization specifically. Oh, that's so good though. That to have that, I think that, that neutrality is so mm-hmm. important where they can build confidence. Sometimes we get, we're talking to ourselves a lot in advertising. So it's good to have that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, yeah, it's a third party. It's not connected with CM in any way. And so that has been, that's been really great. And I guess the last thing that I'm, I think is a huge benefit is it's not even something that like we currently offer, but for me, one of the most important parts of my job is to really listen and create feedback mechanisms for our trailheaders to tell me and the rest of the team, like, this is what I need to feel supported, to feel like I belong, to feel competent as I start out at critical mass. And so to be able, and that's a lot of really a lot of how the resources for We Are Next came about is just listening to young talent and understanding like what, what aren't they getting that they would be really helpful to them as they start their career. It's that kind of same thinking and approach that I'm taking here where with their feedback, we can be enhancing and expanding the programming we're providing, whether it's new workshops or new events. I mean, it's not all learning stuff. There's like fun stuff too, that we plan like with the like office admin team, like for each of the local offices to do like in-person things with the trailheaders. And so all that is feeding, all their input is really feeding the programming that we're coming up with. So I'd like to think that the trailheaders are helping us to build, you know, the program itself. Right. You have to listen. That's so important. I love it. And do you do any of the, like the hiring, recruiting process, hiring of that? Yeah, great question. I do not actually. So I, we have a talent acquisition team that's dedicated to Trailhead. So we have a campus recruitment team that I'm super excited about. So they're dedicated. It's a three-person team that's dedicated to finding us kind of the best Trailheaders. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be really awesome. I'm really, they they actually are just kicking off as well. They just started too. It's a kind of a newer part of our talent acquisition team. So I am really excited to work with them to, to find the best trailheaders to help guide. Again, like being able to hire for potential is so important. So like, how are we really reviewing candidates? And like, what are we really looking for if we're not looking for like so many internships or like that? Oh, they- so what's the answer? I don't know if there's one answer. I mean, like, is there a method though? Like, of, I mean, 
you're not the recruiter, but like, is there like, there's no specific questions more so just like looking holistically at these people? I think so. I mean, a lot of it is, I mean, some of it is, I don't say want to say culture fit because that leads to like hiring for sameness, but yeah, like culture additive, I guess, like if that's a term, I need to come up with like a new term. There are a lot of like DNI initiatives within critical mass itself, like whether it's our affinity groups, there's like a mm-hmm. DNI or there's a lot of campaigns internally within critical mass that that allow not only the trailheaders, but people within critical mass to have give input on a client work and whether sure. it's inclusive enough and all that stuff. And in order to feed that, we need to be looking for trailheaders or for talent that emerging talent that is bringing something different and bringing something new to the agency. Again, I don't know if there's like a formula for it, but I, all I know is that, and like you said, I'm not a recruiter and I'm not part of the campus recruitment team. So the, I'm right. sure they'll have their own strategies and their own, they could answer this question much better. Yeah. But for me, it's like, if we're reviewing people, candidates, materials, the way we might've been doing in the past, then we're doing it wrong. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, cause we're not, we're not trying to hire like the most qualified people. Sure, we want to bring in great talent, of course. Yeah. Like people who are doing really interesting things, who are super proactive and can help, again, can help shape the culture of critical mass from the ground up and bring innovative ideas and bring opinions on just the world into the agency. Like, that's part of the benefit for CM, too. It's, of course, we want to, like, nurture young talent and all that stuff, but also it's, like, this amazing influx of like fresh energy, fresh thinking. And so we want to make sure that we're, we are actually following through on that fresh thinking and not hiring same thinking. Right. (laughs) Love it. Amazing. So we caught up on, we are next, what's going on with that. And then now we talked about your new role. So let's just wrap it up here with advice that you would have for anybody that wants to break into advertising. Very simple fun little portion of this podcast. So anything on the top of your mind that may have changed from last time or in your new role or as life has changed and you think about advertising and how advertising has changed, any new advice? I, let's see, I'm trying to remember what I said last time. I I should have re-listened to our episode in preparation for this. Yeah, in terms of new advice, Oh, it could be old stuff that that still holds true. No, I know. I mean, there's some stuff that will kind of always be true. I think I will say, okay, here's one thing I can say. Having now been, so I am, I am, this is not like a plug for this, but I am currently hiring a, like an L&D coordinator to work directly with me to support the Trailhead program. So it's like a, an entry level-ish role. And that's all to say that I've been working with our talent acquisition team to interview and to find the right person for the role. And we're kind of in the thick of it right now. And having, having going, having to go through this on the other side. So a lot of times I give advice to other people on like how to apply to jobs and stuff like that. So now being the person on the other side who's actually interviewing 
I cannot stress how much the following up or trying to get in contact with someone, whether it's the hiring manager or someone on the team and being kind of like an internal referral. I can't tell you how much that like that holds true. And I've seen it now with like my own eyes. You know what I mean? So like people who've applied and then have like hit me up on LinkedIn, especially if, I mean, I know not everyone is connected with me or has like come across me before through We Are An Axe, but there were a couple applicants who have interacted with We Are Next in the past or like saw me talk at like a talk like a long time ago at like a different agency. Like they applied and then they reached out to tell me they applied. And it, it wasn't even them making a case of like, this is why I'm so great. They just like let me know that they were super interested and they applied and kind of reminded me how we were connected. And I, you better believe like I made sure that they at least were going through the first round. You know what I mean? Like it right. was it didn't earn them like a automatic like pass to interview with me. But like I told our talent acquisition team member that I'm working with, like, Hey, like I would love for this person, you to screen this person and start yeah. them on the process. So like that advice, like definitely holds true. Like it's not just something that we say, and I know it's not always possible to, especially if you like, again, you don't know the person or you're not, you can't connect with them on LinkedIn, but even reaching out to someone who, works on the team that you're trying to land on and isn't making the hiring decisions, but can be kind of like a point of entry to introduce yourself or to say yeah. like, Hey, like I applied to this role and like, I would love to set up time to just like talk to you about like how you like working there, like how you got there just as like from an advice perspective, mm-hmm. like that goes a super long way to, to, to surfacing your materials to the top of the pile. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I realized too, on the other side, uh, there are referral bonuses that are pretty hefty. Yes. <laughs> Let's just, I want it like, I didn't realize that. I just found out the other day. Yes. Uh, so if you reach out to somebody like, and you're obviously qualified and you mean, mm-hmm. and they like you, like they, 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 they might push your name through so they can get that referral. So it's something yeah. that, that, that something can't that can't be ignored on the other side too. So. No, I no totally. And I think people are like worried that they're like bugging someone and stuff. But like you said, like it might be they might be getting paid a good chunk of change. Yeah, exactly. You get hired and, to, and you to reach put out some money in their pockets. So yeah, yeah. definitely def- that's a really good point. Definitely reach. Yeah, yeah. Don't be um, afraid to reach out for sure. Yeah. Let's see. Other advice I have. I. So much yeah. to choose from. No, I know. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of something that, like, I haven't said before, or like, I, I can at least say it in kind of a new way. Yeah, yeah. I do think that it typically it's everyone recommends that creatives have a portfolio. That's kind of a given these days but i always get a question around whether it's necessary for like non-creatives to have some sort of portfolio and like i wouldn't say it's necessary like maybe not all recruiters are like looking for that or you won't it's not like they will say no to you because you don't have one but some sort of representation of the work that you've done or the projects that you've like managed if if you're 
or like clients that you've worked on, some sort of reference. It could be like a super simple website. It doesn't have to be like a full-blown creative portfolio, but I do think some representation of what you've done and the work that you've done online. It is yeah. a differentiator. You know what I mean? Like if you had someone, yeah, if you had someone who like had that and someone who didn't and their skills were like equal, but you could see tangibly like projects that the person have done, like it would give you a leg up. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, I'm not saying you need it. I don't want to stress anyone to say like, oh, if you're non-creative, you definitely need a website. Like I understand. Not that. yet, but I think maybe in the next 10 years, I think accounts, you know, I think it will be more mandatory sooner or later. All it really takes is for one person or a group of people to kind of tip the scales where mm-hmm. they start changing the game. Like, oh, like, I don't know, maybe this account person or strategist has a really great website strategy. I mean, I've seen some I'm great seen, strategy. No, portfolios. yeah, that's like, that's already, that's like yeah. when, maybe when I first started and like maybe when you were starting, I don't know if it was as relevant, but now strategy is relevant. Now mm-hmm. account will probably be relevant. New business might be relevant. Those school projects might be like be relevant, at least explaining how you interacted or you helped the group change it, fit it to your role. Like mm-hmm. we helped, like I helped, you know, doing a school project freaking hard with people <laughs> nowadays, like online, yeah. talking yeah. about that blurb, saying how you, you corralled the group and we were able to work with a, a local client. I think that is not necessary now, like we're talking about. But it's slowly. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if that's like kind of like the new norm in five, ten years. I wish there was like I know there's like Wix and Squarespace, but I wish there was an even like simpler solution that would help people be able to build these these sites that we're talking about. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. this is like a great business idea that's germinating. But like, yeah. But like, I yeah, I just it was specifically for like work portfolio. I think or, there's like Adobe portfolio. I think that one's like pretty, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That one's, if you have like a subscription for, I know creatives, they get that. That's what Buchin uses. But Hey, you know what? The way I look at it, time is really important too. whether you're a student or your recent grad. If you can shell together a couple hundred bucks and just mm-hmm. you're one of your friends in CS that you work with and he, you just shell up some money. Like it's, it's worth it. It saves time. Then you can work on your portfolio. Like you can work on the materials within it and you can send it to them or learn it on your own while if you're a student, but don't underestimate just helping or asking a friend. Like my friend built my whole breaking, breaking and entering website for free because he wanted to build up his portfolio. It's not the best. It's not the best, but he did it for free because he wanted to also like he was a website designer. He needed a portfolio. He only had two websites. So there's ways around that. No, that's definitely a good route. And I think like, it doesn't have to be super complicated. But you no. don't need a web, especially again if you're not a creative. It's not like you're going for like the most like aesthetically like impressive site yeah. that's out there. You just need something really Goop simple that and, works. Yeah, that works. It's easy yeah. to navigate. That's clear. That's really the long and short of it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That would really help you if you're a student too. Like, there's so many resources on campus that you could tap into that. You know, there might be people that will do it for free or they might have labs or even a class. So Mm -hmm. those are great options. I have a really quick question for you. Sorry to spring this on you. Let's go. All right. I wanted to like you've been doing this podcast for a while now, which is awesome and great. And I'm so happy to see that it's still thriving. I mean, what's what's been like, I don't know your 
biggest learning, just doing it and talking to so many people about right, like starting their careers. Has there been any like, like one or two, like big themes that like keep coming up that you're like, that have made you, I don't know, think differently. Yeah. I mean, there's high level, I don't know, work hard, like do things, network properly early and often and Mm -hmm. get your foot in the door, get internships. But like for me, if you're creative, I think the main theme here is it boils down to, if you want to be creative, it boils down to your work and the way you think. And craft is important, but it definitely needs, you need to show that you can do this to break into advertising. So I, I have my own school of thought on how to do that. And there's tactics, I believe, but it's really about showing the work for creatives. And then for strategy or account, it's about more so for account, new business. It's more about networking early and often. How you do that, I believe, is through content creation. And this is my personal opinion. So now I went off your question. I think that you need to network through some sort of content in some way, whether that's something that you're passionate about that is related to advertising or not as well as staying educated on the trades and understanding the work out there. Those are, I call it nerd up, cool up and work up. I love that. (laughs) Nerding up, knowing the industry, cooling up is being cool by doing something you love. It doesn't have to be necessarily cool, but it makes you cool if you're passionate about something and then work up, work hard, get that, get your portfolio, get your website, get your work ready. So those are my three big, like, that's like when I do speeches. That's That's what I say. I love it. I love it. I love that you're able to summarize it in like three like call to actions. Yeah, that's a good. Nobody's ever asked me that, so that that that's what I would say. Good. I, I love it all. Cool. So, how can people reach out to you, learn more about Critical Mass and your talent program? What's the situation here? So, when this episode airs, there will be a landing page. Good. It is trailhead.criticalmass.com. I can send you the link so you have it. But you can also check Critical Mass's social channels because we'll be posting about it there. And there is going to be on the landing page, there is like a little like contact us, like if you have any questions and stuff like that. And I believe those messages will come to me and some other people. So will see them so that's a way to get in touch with me as well but yeah I, I mean I if there is anyone who's interested in applying to the program I highly encourage you to we we've poured a lot of effort and love into it and hopefully that shows and again like it's just a really wonderful community that you'd be stepping into especially now that there are trailheaders who have gone through the program who will still be at critical mass so they'll kind of be already a built-in kind of community waiting for you there so that'd yeah. be nice yeah i highly encourage people who are interested to check it out perfect amazing natalie this has been fantastic we have on our instagram at breaking and entering pod breaking and entering pod we'll put those resources your recommended resources more about the program and how they can reach out to you so they can find that there awesome thank you so much gino this is so much fun as always thank you for being our first recurring guest and great. Thank you so much for listening to the entire episode of the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. If you like what you heard, it would mean a lot to us and help us grow if you can just leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts. 
And if you have time to leave a small review, that's great too. But really that five stars will help us a lot. And be sure to connect with our guests. We want to help you break in. The way to do that is by going to our Instagram at breaking and entering pod, all one word at breaking and entering pod on Instagram. There we have links to their portfolios and their LinkedIn and their secret resources, and they want to connect. So go do that. And some thank yous. Thank you to our creative and production team, Buchan Jung, Juan Camargo, and Mikey Malarkey. And our PR team, led by Nicole Tolochko and the AAF group from the University of Illinois. Thank you all so much, and we will see you next week with another amazing guest.